if you could see that prayer from Charles Wesley in the 18th century, uh, it's a prayer for Easter. So um, it'd be great if we could uh, pray this out loud together. And now everyone's muted, so don't worry about that. Um, so just pray it out loud from wherever you are. All right, let's pray. Christ the Lord is risen today. Alleluia. Children of humankind and angels in heaven say, Alleluia. Raise your joys and triumphs high. Alleluia. Sing ye heavens and earth and reply. Alleluia. He lives again, our glorious King. Alleluia. Where, O death, is now your sting. Alleluia. Dying once, he all does save. Alleluia. Where is your victory, O grave? Alleluia. Love's redeeming work is done. Alleluia. Fought the fight, the battle is won. Alleluia. Death in vain forbids him rise. Alleluia. Christ has opened paradise. Alleluia. Amen. All right. Thank you all for praying along with me. Um, I asked a few people today to share something, uh, a valuable lesson that they learned during this strange time that we are living in. Okay. What is one valuable lesson you've been learning during COVID-19? So I asked a few people from our community to share their experience. And so, um, let's see, uh, who wants to share first? Uh, I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but uh, Sue, do you want to share first? <laughs> Yeah. All right. Thank you, Sue. Um, the valuable lesson that I learned during COVID-19 um, would be just like being able to, like having family, um, not, not being alone in this time and, um, you know, like having a family, like support that I need right now. Um, and, you know, like, I was, like, thinking about it, and, like, it's just so, like, you know, we take advantage of our families a lot of times because we're so comfortable with them and stuff, but then um, during this time, I realized that, you know, when everyone is stressing out, um, when we're together, like, sometimes that's all, all we need, the support from each other, like, emotional support or, like, prayer support, um, spiritual support, and, um yeah i guess having families and the support um that i overlooked um in a lot of a lot of times and just having family is something that we should remind ourselves always <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right thanks sue yeah that's very valuable um who wants to share next brandon do you want to share next yeah sure <laughs> um i would say a valuable lesson that i learned was um just how 
like my actions and our actions can make such an such a huge impact to others such as like wearing masks for example and like um social distancing six feet like it may seem like something small for us but it could really like make a huge impact by because like if we don't take those precautions then it could the virus could end up impacting like our grandparents or you know other people around us so it's not about just us or like me but it's about like you know um taking action so that it could help others and i don't know i guess that like further um allows me to like well it like further helped me realize that like even when i go out in public if i go out like um to the market or something i usually am like really focused on the task that i need to do just get the groceries and go out but now it helps me realize that i could just like um provide encouragement to like those around me and just be more kind to others because just those simple gestures could um make a positive impact on other people cool all right thanks brandon yeah it, it is kind of cool to see uh society coming together to really help those who are most vulnerable right now so that is like super cool to see and like realizing the um the repercussions of our actions or um lack of care maybe even if some people are, are doing that you know that it does have an impact on other people so yeah that is cool um uh becky do you want to share next Um, something I realized is how most of the time during our lives, when it's normal, we often ask God, like, why am I in this situation? Why are things so hard? Or I don't know. Um, but then having everything kind of stripped down to the basics of being home with your family and not so many distractions made me realize a lot of those issues that we have are brought upon on ourselves not necessarily by God or um, even outside factors, but it's mostly you. Um, so, you know, when you take away all of that, it just, and you're down to the bare basics, I feel like you realize like we have everything we need to live a fruitful life and not complain and not have so many issues. So yeah, a lot of problems were just brought upon ourselves by our own selfishness or our own greed and you know. what Emily wants to share something <laughs> okay what did this COVID-19 teach you something a lesson you've learned um to stay at home and to wash hands Yes, wash your hands. That's very important. Yeah, and one of the things that we've been talking about as a community is like uh, a lot of the stuff that we thought were so important are really not as important as we thought they were. And um, uh, we're kind of reprioritizing what's really important and holding on to those things uh, more closely. And um, uh, last but not least, uh, Jake or Emily, did you guys decide who's going to share? <laughs> we uh, had the same one. Um, yeah. I think one thing I learned was to not 
uh, I guess not take things for granted. Like sometimes when everything's are when everything's normal, you can always be thinking about like the future, like, Oh, next year when this happens or, you know, oh, when I get that, you know, for me thinking about like, Oh, when I make that next career step or when I graduate or whatever happens next year um, and not really focusing on what's happening at the current moment. And then when you reach those things, there's always, there's always something else that you're looking forward to and there's never like the present moment that you're focusing on. So I think I just, I guess I'm learning to focus on, um, you know, family, friends, the present moment, um, time I have. Yeah. Not take it for granted. So my job. Yeah. I think, cool. oh, yeah. Awesome. Um, thank you all for sharing. Um, uh, one thing I, uh, uh, one lesson I've been learning a lot uh, these days um, during this time of social distancing and quarantine is this concept or idea of home. Um, that's something that really God has been showing me a lot these days, uh, this concept of home. Um, but before I, I, I kind of share what God has been teaching me through this uh, uh, time of social distancing, I wanted to show you um, a picture that my daughter made. Um, okay. Oh, where is it? Okay, there you go. Can you guys see it? Can you guys see this? Yep. The poster that uh, my daughter made? <laughs> yeah. Okay, there's a lot of stuff going on. So just, you know, um, Take it in if you can. <laughs> there's there's a, a, a lot of stuff going on here. <laughs> it says, uh, another day of staying at home, just in case you can't read it. Um, <laughs> and I think those blue dots are uh, raindrops. And um, there's a bit of sadness going on. <laughs> in this uh um in this drawing in this artwork that my daughter made um <laughs> but i thought it was very appropriate uh because um for me uh when i first had to stay home every day um it was really hard for me because i'm not a homebody and uh, i like kind of being out and about as much as possible and i don't really know i didn't really know why that was the case um but I think it's because I'm beginning to realize that um, uh, I didn't really feel safe living at home uh, growing up um, for some reason. Um, like I, I just, I, because, probably because my home life was very chaotic and unstable and my family was kind of dysfunctional uh, throughout my entire childhood and teenage years. Uh, home wasn't really a place where I felt safe and secure and um, even uh, really known, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, when we think of home, um, what are some of the things that come up to your mind? You know, um, maybe you think of things like security or stability or love or 
maybe even like sanctuary. Maybe it's like your sacred space where you feel safe. Uh, but for me, I didn't really experience that uh, growing up. Um, uh, and then, uh, you know, I lived with my parents all throughout like uh, graduate school as well. And then after graduate school, I got married relatively young. And, um, you know, I lived with my wife and then, you know, eventually I made my own home with my wife and now with my kids. And now, like, my home is very safe and I feel very, I know that I'm loved at home. And um, I, a big sense of my identity comes from home, but somehow my heart has a hard time catching up with what I know in my head. For some reason, um, I still want to be out and about, and I still want to like be out of the house all day. And I, I don't, I still don't like being home all that much. And so during this time of social distancing and quarantine, uh, the first week or two, I felt like I was under house arrest. I don't know how many of you guys can relate with that, uh, but I, I felt very much trapped. Maybe part of that is also because I'm an extrovert, but also um, I think God has been teaching me this valuable lesson of feeling safe and secure at home. And I think that's been really, really good for me, but it's been a struggle. And as I was thinking about this, and I was, as I was wrestling with this for the past few weeks, um, you know, staying at home during COVID-19, I also remembered that this week that we are currently in is the week of Passover. And Passover is the Jewish uh, holiday where they remember how God led the Israelites out of slavery, out of Egypt. And the reason why they call it Passover is because um, the last plague uh, that uh, swept across Egypt was the loss or the death of a firstborn child, a firstborn son. And the way that the Israelites were spared is that they had to put blood over their doorposts, right? Uh, and then the angel of death would pass over their home and kind of keep their children safe, right? And that's why this holiday is called Passover. And so everyone had to stay inside their homes for an extended period of time so that they don't get sick from this like strange plague. <laughs> Does this sound familiar to you? And, you know, this is, is right now, I feel like we're kind of in a 21st century Passover, right? We're all kind of trapped and staying inside our homes so that we stay safe from this like strange new virus that's going around the world. And this is really like a shared experience that the entire world is going through right now. And I really do feel like God is teaching not just Christians, but like the entire world, a valuable lesson of what it means to be home, this idea of home. And when we think about this holiday, Easter, okay, uh, now going back to Easter, uh, and it's not a, a coincidence that Good Friday and Easter happens to fall in the very week that Passover is happening, okay, because uh, Jesus is kind of connecting these two histories together, right? And when we think about Easter, ultimately, this is why Jesus came to earth. He came to give us a spiritual home, right? And this is a valuable lesson that God has been teaching me when I think about my physical home here on earth, right? That God, that Jesus came in the form of man to give us a spiritual home. And this is what Jesus talked about in today's passage, all right? 
So I'm going to read for us uh, John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. If you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and read along. If you don't, um, just listen in, or you can pull it up on your Bible app. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Amen. Um, so, John 15 uh, comes to us from a, a long series of teachings that Jesus gives to his disciples before he is taken away to be arrested and tortured and crucified. This most likely, this long teaching that Jesus gives in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, most likely happened during the Last Supper. All right, the famous Last Supper where Jesus sat with his disciples and uh, they ate together and he like gave the first communion. And so this is most likely the final teaching that Jesus gave to his disciples. And so you know that it is going to be very, very important, right? If it's going to be the last teaching that Jesus gives to his disciples. And, and so one of these valuable lessons that Jesus is teaching them is to remain in him, remain connected in him, right? To uh, abide, okay? And some translations of the Bible uh, translate this word remain as abide, abide, right? And chapter 15 starts with a very simple phrase, I am, I am. Now, when we read that in English, and when we hear that in English, we don't really think too much of it. But when Jesus said it in the original language, right, uh, he was actually making a divinic statement about himself. Okay? Uh, when people usually, in, in, in the original language where the, uh, the New Testament was written, it's written in Greek, right? When they would say, I am, they would say, Amy. Okay? Amy. That's Greek, right? But when Jesus said it, he said, Ego Amy. It's almost redundant. It's almost like Jesus is saying, I am, I am. And now that's not improper uh, grammar, okay? He's actually making a divine statement about himself, okay? He's saying, uh, 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 he's making a divine statement about himself, okay? And it's kind of going back to the old Exodus language 
of when God was speaking to Moses and God told Moses, I am who I am, right? And so Jesus is making this divine statement about himself. And he follows that by saying, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. Now, many of these I am statements that Jesus gave throughout the Bible, all right, are, are divine statements of various kinds, okay? He gave over a hundred I am statements, ego me, and over half of them are found in the Gospel of John alone, right? And many of these I am statements that Jesus gave have to do with this idea of home, home, okay? Uh, he, he, says, he said in other passages in John, I am the gate, right? I am the gate, okay? It's this idea of home, like he's the doorway, right? I am the good shepherd, right? The, the sheep without a shepherd have no home. They will be scattered. They will be lost, right? They will be confused. He also said, I am the true vine, which is what we're going to read about later today, right? Um, and he also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus even said, literally, right? He even said, my father's house has many rooms, and I'm going to prepare a place for you, right? There, there, there's that phrase again, I am going to prepare a place for you, right? Now, going back to today's passage, okay, when, he's, when he says, I am the true vine, right? Uh, vine is not really um, a word that we use very often these days. Maybe we don't see very many vines, okay? But another translation of this word can be trunk, like the trunk of a tree, right? So you could also read this as like, I am the trunk. That doesn't sound as nice as I am the vine, but still, you get the point, right? I am the trunk, okay? Jesus is explaining the branch's relationship with the trunk, right? And the branch, apart from the trunk, they have no home, right? The branch has to remain connected to the trunk in order to survive, right? The trunk is that is what is connected to the ground that gives it its like water and nutrients and, and gives life to the rest of the tree, right? And that's what gives the trees its leaves and its life, right? And so when Jesus is saying, uh, I am the vine or I am the trunk, Jesus is saying, I am your home. Our home is found in Jesus. This is the first thing that Jesus is saying in today's passage. Our home is found in Jesus. In verse 1, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. And then in verse 6, okay, skip down with me to verse 6. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers, right? And so what he's ultimately saying is that remain connected to him and he is our home. He is our spiritual home and he is our source of life and this is a very bold statement that jesus is making about himself okay ultimately uh, he is calling himself the source of life and to remain in him this phrase um remain in me okay when when he first says it in verse four remain in me and i will remain in you no branch can bear fruit in it of itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. 
remain in me, okay? And I will remain in you, all right? And that word remain in today's passage, all right? It comes up 11 times. That word remain comes up in today's passage 11 times, depending on the version that you have of the Bible, all right? This word can also be translated as abide or, or connected, right? Abide in me, stay connected to me, remain in me, okay? He, he repeats this multiple times. Jesus repeats this to his disciples multiple times because it is so important. It is so important. He's saying, if you don't remain in me, you can do nothing. And when we think about this concept of home, right? If Jesus is calling himself our home, our spiritual home, uh, our home is, is very important to who we are as people, right? And this is the, other, the second lesson that he is teaching us in today's passage. Our home is where we find our identity. Our home is where we find our identity. Right? Uh, this word, again, that Jesus is using again and again, remain or abide, okay? It carries this sense of longevity, okay? Because your home, it, it carries with it so much of who we are. It has to do with your identity, right? This idea of abiding and remaining has a huge impact on, um, on who we are as human beings, okay? Just think about it, okay? Uh, where you live, where the city you grew up in, it does make an impression on you, for better or for worse, right? For example, I grew up in Los Angeles, in urban Los Angeles, right? And that's why I am so street. That's why I'm so hood, okay? People know right away when they look at me, they're like, oh, okay, he has some, like, urbanness about him. Okay, I'm just kidding about that, okay? But I did grow up in LA, and so I, I like to think that it made a big impression on me, okay? So where you live really does matter, okay? Who you live with matters a lot, right? If you live with someone long enough, they kind of rub off on you and, and, uh, and you rub off on them, right? For example, um, you know, I've been living, I've been married, uh, to Becky for uh, over 13 years now. And um, some of her mannerisms started rubbing off on me. So like um, when I get annoyed of something, um, I, I, I recently started saying, oh, like super loud. <laughs> and I never used to do that before I got married, right? But it's because Becky does it all the time. She does it like every day to me, okay? So, <laughs> so I literally hear it every day, right? And so because she does it so often, now I do it, right? When I get frustrated with something, I just go like, oh, like super loud. And, and now um, I'm proud to say I'm starting to rub off on her, okay? Because recently, very recently, uh, she started loving coffee. She's like super into coffee now, okay? And in the mornings, um, she doesn't even say good morning to me. The first thing she says to me in the mornings is coffee. That's it, because she just wants me to make her a pot of coffee, like, right away. And, and it's not even a full sentence. It's not even like, can you make me some coffee, please? It's coffee, okay? And so, uh, but I, I kind of like it because, you know, that means, like, she loves coffee now, which I love. Um, also, like, uh, 
like the kind of environment that you live in also does make an impact on who you are as a person, right? So home has a lot to do with our identity, right? And even when I think about my kids, my kids, like their sense of right and wrong, right? And a lot of their identity comes from me and my wife, right? Because they're so young and they're so impressionable and they need some sort of structure and guidance as to how to live their lives and what kind of people they are. So uh, for better or worse, like a lot of their identity comes from us. And if you think about this uh, in, a, in a spiritual sense, if Jesus is our home and we are connected to him and we remain in him and we abide in him, then so much of our identity comes from who he is as long as we remain connected to him and abide in him. Um, as you can see, I am in um, kind of like the back of our home. And uh, you can see, it's, I, I love our backyard because it's kind of like a, um, a garden or a little forest, right? And there's a lot of trees here. And a lot of these trees are like super old and um, I, I love it. But if you look closely at some trees, and I'm sure you know, you've noticed this before, right? Uh, sometimes if a tree is old enough, some of the branches that come off of the trees start to resemble the trunk of the tree. You guys know what I mean, right? Uh, you know, the trunk of the tree will have several branches coming out, right? But if the branch is old enough and um, it's, it's big enough, smaller branches start to come out of that branch, right? And that branch in many ways starts to resemble the trunk that it's connected to. If we remain connected to Jesus long enough and if it's a healthy relationship, eventually we will start to resemble Jesus. If we remain connected to him and he remains our source of life, then we will also kind of sprout our own little branches and we will start to give out life in the way that Jesus gave life to us. Our home is where we find our identity. And lastly, this is what Jesus teaches us about remaining in him. Asked in verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Ultimately, our home is where we find love. Our home is where we find love. I was thinking about how fortunate I am to be living in the home that I'm living in and to have the family that I have. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so blessed, I'm so grateful that um, I have the family that I have. And I'm not just saying that, you know, because I, I, I think about the many, many people, especially women and children, who are in homes that do not feel safe, right? And, or, or where they don't feel love, right? Um, in many ways, uh, a house without love is not really a home, is it? 
right? A house without love doesn't really feel like home. And I feel so um, sad for those people um, in, in those kinds of situations, especially now when we're in quarantine and uh, we're social distancing and, and a lot of them probably feel very much trapped at home. And if a, if a house doesn't have love, it does not feel like a home, right? Our home is where we find love. And this is why Jesus says, remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's command and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And when Jesus is talking about joy, okay, I think a lot of Americans, Westerners, we have this kind of weird view of joy that it's synonymous with happiness, but that's actually not what Jesus is talking about here, right? Joy ultimately means satisfaction or fulfillment, no matter what circumstances you're in. Okay, that's what joy is, okay? Joy is actually closer to the Jewish, to the, to the Jewish idea of shalom more than it is to happiness, okay? So joy is actually closer to this idea of peace, of completeness, of wholeness than it is to happiness. And we cannot uh, experience joy without love, right? When we cannot experience peace without love. So Jesus is teaching us that our home is found in Jesus. Our home is where we find our identity. And our home is where we find love. Now the irony is that during the last three years of Jesus' life, the only three years where Jesus did his ministry, teaching about the kingdom uh, of God, performing miracles and bringing life to thousands and thousands of people. During the last three years of his life, when Jesus is teaching us about a uh, spiritual home, Jesus himself was homeless. He was going from town to town, right? And city to city with his disciples and just trusting that God would provide for uh, every need that he had. Right? Jesus was going around teaching about our eternal home, our spiritual home, and he himself was homeless. It's really ironic, right? But the reason why, and I don't think it's an accident, right? It's because Jesus is teaching all of us that he is our home, right? It's almost like he is bringing home with him wherever he went. And little did we know, it is us who were homeless. And he is the one who is providing that shelter for us wherever he went. And he is bringing spiritual home for all those who are lost and wandering. This is precisely why Jesus came to earth. This is why Jesus died on the cross. And this is why Jesus resurrected from the dead. He came to earth to give us a spiritual home. You know, perhaps maybe you already consider God to be your spiritual home. And this is probably a message to remind you of God's love and God's faithfulness and God's goodness. But maybe you're out there listening to this and you felt spiritually lost or maybe spiritually homeless for quite some time. And maybe this is God's way of nudging at your heart to come home. God is calling you home. Will you receive 
his invitation. Um, I wanted to close by sharing a video uh, uh, from a song that I thought was very appropriate for COVID-19. Um, but in many, like, when I hear it again and again, I feel like in many ways, it might be God trying to speak to someone out there um, to come back home, okay? So before I show that video, and we're going to close with the video, um, let me pray for us to wrap us up. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for the life that you led, the sacrifice that you made, and for resurrecting from the dead to give us a hope, to give us joy, to give us peace, and to give us a spiritual home. Lord, I, I don't know where I would be without your love. And maybe there is someone out there who feels like their life is missing something. Lord, would you draw them back to you? And may they feel your arms of welcome opening wide, inviting them to their home, their spiritual home. Lord, you lived a life that no one else could live, Lord, and you died the death that um, no one else can imitate, that no one else can die. It had to be you because you lived that perfect life. And you also resurrected, Lord, on the third day, on this day, on Easter, to give us all a spiritual home. So we come back to you and we love you. And we just pray for those out there who are lost and seeking for a place to rest their head. You welcome us, Lord. And you say, come to me, all who are weak and burdened, and I will give you rest. We come to you, Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. All right. I am going to go ahead and show this clip and... Uh, we will close with that today. All right, where is it? All right, have a good one, guys.
It would be so fine to see you. 